hardship is not a sign to give up. Hardship is not a sign to stop moving forward. It might be a sign of let me try something different. Let me do this a different way. Let me call someone. I, or you learned a lesson. I'm not going to partner with this person anymore. I thought it was a friend. When we come to the place then where we know we've, you know, we've got the egg, it's been laying, right? And you don't want to get up too early. What's a sign that you're getting up too early? When things get hard <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's not supposed to be this hard. You know, I understand and I'm all for the, let's look, go through life with grace and ease, but life does happen. Life will come at you. You'll have some setbacks. Things won't go your way. It's how you go overcome those things. And you can go through those things with grace and ease, but they will come. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting on an egg and things go awry and you're like, oh, must, must not be it. There's, that's the sign. Hardship is not a sign to give up. Hardship is not a sign to stop moving forward. It might be a sign of let me try something different. Let me do this a different way. Let me call someone. I, or you learned a lesson. I'm not going to partner with this person anymore. I thought it was a friend. So you just have to be able to sit back and say, is this truly, not, this, not necessarily, it's hardship is not a sign. Is it truly a sign to do something different or try a different route? But I think it is a sign. I have found that if I start doing something I'm not supposed to do, it gets really hard pretty quick. <laughs> and I have to step back and go, hmm, uh, is this resistance here because I shouldn't have gone down this road to begin with? Or is this resistance here because I'm supposed to learn once again, listen, listen, mm -hmm. listen, right? And that's been my kind of like one of my biggest lessons as an entrepreneur. Listen, Joan, listen, listen, <laughs> you know, because I'll have that inclination. Yeah, this digital marketing guy, he didn't design the plan, the 12 week plan that I asked him to develop. I wouldn't have accepted that as like, you know, a plan. So why are you engaging with him again? You know, mm -hmm. like, why did you? And then when it goes awry and I want my money back, then I'm like, why didn't I listen? Right. Mm -hmm. So that has been one of my, one of my key things is to become disciplined in listening to myself because yes. I don't make those decisions that really are consistent and congruent with where I know I should go, then it gets yeah. pretty hard. So Dr. Joan, what I'd say there is you listened, but you didn't give up the plan. Your egg is still to get your digital plan done. You just need to go to someone different to get it done. Right. So you're listening. We're not giving up on the essential of what your egg might be. You just have to go in a different direction to make sure we get things done. So definitely, that's what those times of reflections are. When things are hard, let me reflect. Yes. Okay, where do I need to do different? But I'm not going to get up and run. I'm not just going to be like, I guess I'm going to go back to my nine to five if you jumped out into the world of entrepreneurship or if you're, right. you know, whatever it might be like, okay, guess this isn't it. Give yourself the opportunity to learn and grow. We, you know, I truly believe we win or learn. We don't win or lose. So what am I learning from this? And yes. what, what's the next right step from here? Right. So Jakara has a riveting way of reminding us, as you have seen so far in this interview, that our past does not have permission to dictate our future. She's mm -hmm. adamant about injecting hope and productivity into the hearts and the minds of those she's been fortunate to encounter. So 
What is the biggest life or career or health or business challenge that you've had to face? And how did you overcome it? Because you seem pretty tenacious to me. And, you know, uh, so, you know, talk to us about that and, and give our audience some advice in terms of how to overcome those difficult experiences. We have all gone through difficult experiences and challenges. Each one of us can look back and feel, or maybe you're going through it now, pain that we've experienced. Um, for me, I was as a 16-year-old, when I was 13 years old, I knew exactly what I was going to be and do in this world. I was going really? to be the first Black CFO of a major corporation, right? I, was, I just knew it. Let me tell you, I could see myself in my Black power suit with my briefcase <laughs> and my French roll. Remember when French rolls were big, girl? <laughs> yes. You talk about visualization. I had it going on. I knew exactly what I was going to be, do, and have. And I worked in that. I worked really hard. I got great grades and I stayed in school. And around about 15, 16, uh, those boys became a distraction. <laughs> and then as I told my mom, I found myself pregnant. I don't know what happened, y'all. <laughs> but at 16, I was pregnant. Once I found out I was pregnant and shared with my parents, y'all, I was devastated. My mm -hmm. idea of going to college, I knew was just not going to happen because being in school, and I think I was like 10th, 11th grade, they put me in what we call the pregnant class. And that really was a class where they said, we're teaching you how to be a parent, but we don't expect you to finish the school right. year out. And if you graduate, you might be um, going to night school. And only one of seven of you will actually graduate school. So we really don't expect much of you. They said it without saying it, but that's what they said. Yes. And if I stopped to believe what they said, I, I would not be where I am today. Yeah. Um, what I did was is I looked at my life and I said, this is going to be hard and I don't know if I want to do this. So <laughs> like I said, when something's hard, sometimes you want to give up. Yes. Um, but I took that and I went home every night that school year and I cried. Mm -hmm. I cried myself to sleep. Have you ever cried that hard where your pillow was wet and you had to flip it over? Yes. Yes, oh, I have. I, I have. Yes. <laughs> so being in that deep depression and spiraling down, I just, and again, did not see how I could be the things that I thought I could. Um, it was my mom. Mm -hmm. And it was my mother who came to me and said, baby, what, what's really going on? Mm -hmm. And I told her, I felt like I disappointed her, disappointed our family, our church family. I just felt like everything that I was doing was a big disappointment to everyone, including myself. Um, she reminded me that there was nothing I could do that would stop her from loving me. Mm. that took a weight off my shoulders to know that I was still special, important, and valued to someone in this world. Yes. And with that knowledge, I said, I have to do this. If not just for myself, for my son that's coming, I've got to do this. Yeah. So I graduated high school with a two-year-old on my show. I have a picture of him sitting on my hip <laughs> with my little diploma. Wow. Wow. And I pressed forward from there, not only did I get the, the high school diploma with honors, by the way, got the BA, got the master's degree, and just went on to have a 20-year career in the financial industry. I'm not a CFO yet, but it's not impossible, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> and what's funny is I didn't have the MBA that I just was speaking about earlier with you all back then. But when I reflect, that's exactly what I did. I had to master my thoughts, the idea that I couldn't do it. And woe is me and I'll never graduate school. I have to capture that and restate that thinking and reaffirm what I believe. 
I had to believe in my mother's belief in me until I could believe it in myself. Yes. And y'all, I asked for all kinds of help. Yes. <laughs> if I want, I needed a scholarship. So I went to school with no debt. I asked for so many scholarships. I figured out how to get around the system. And I asked for help along the way. And there were times where pride stepped up and I didn't want to be seen as a statistic as, oh, she's just another teen mom. So I didn't want to ask for help. But then when I realized I was holding myself back, um, such as asking for help um, with the, what we call WIC, women in infant care, they help pay for your groceries and pay for yes. your daycare. I didn't want to ask for that because I didn't want to be seen like, oh, she's on welfare. She's getting yes. help from the government. Man, please. I, once I missed one or two payments for the daycare, I said, let me go ahead and ask for some help, guys. Because why am I struggling when they're giving me money? So, and I'm not going to be on the system forever. So yes. let me use it for the intended purpose. I, so. I was able to overcome and become self-sufficient um, after that. So you all, it, that that's kind of the idea. And so I took that NDA that I just taught you all and that I've learned through that experience, I've learned it through heartbreak. I've learned it through a loss of family members. I've learned it through, <laughs> through 2008 and nine, I lost my house. And I mean, I felt some pain with that, you all, because I was a financial manager. I was supposed to know what to do with the money. So how could I, since, and I realized I put myself on a pedestal that I had to be perfect. So I had to go ahead and reject that idea of perfectionism as well. Yes. So I, this has been a journey and it's not over yet pain and struggle and challenges will still come. But when we take that idea of it's up to me, what am I going to do to get out of this? And who do I need to ask help from? It is possible to overcome. Just powerful, powerful. And, you know, the idea of the MBA and just being able to even conceptualize that even at 16, I was thinking this way. So something was planted in me that has always been there. Mm -hmm. And now I get to bring this and cascade this out to the world and help other people realize, hey, you can totally take the responsibility and the leadership role in your life and now begin to produce and create all those okay. things that you want to see, that's pretty powerful and an amazing story. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. It, it's really possible. And I, I believe that when we all look at our lives, the, if we just look at the struggle, we're not going to get past or get through it. We yeah. have to realize there is something on the other side, right? The thing that you want, the thing that you seek is on the other side. And if you're not even seeking yet, Oh, those are the ones that my heart cries for the most because we get stuck behind the fog. We get stuck crying in the pillow. We get stuck going down the spiral of depression that we can't even see what's possible. So my heart goes out the most there. But once you can see, you visualize and you're affirming, now we can get into action. And that's when the success strategies really work because until then, you're just trying to get past the fog. That's why mental health is so important when we see the signs of that through other people or from other people or ourselves that we get the help and attention Absolutely. So, you know, we're at step one. Step one is, is healing work. Step one is self-knowing work. Uh, step mm -hmm. one is going into that place where you're most powerful. And once you cover step one, then you can launch and learn all the other steps, right? Uh, yes. Isn't that basically what we're saying? That's exactly right. You got to know what, what you need for you. And then yes. you can build on that, but start, start with self first. Yes. Do you think as a people, and, you know, I talk about the silent generation and I think I'm referring to our generation. Um, 
The silent generation is the generation that comes in between those we call the millennials and those we call the what, what's the what's the um, the group that's a little bit ahead of us? Um, the baby boomers. The boomers. Or? So we've got the millennials and we've got the boomers, and then we're called the silent generation, right? And the reason why we're called the silent generation is because we haven't said very much until mm -hmm. now, right? And that's because the silent generation has had some pretty tough experiences that they've had to deal with. And um, those experiences now, we've, we've gone through the self-development, self-healing, you know, pursuit of happiness kind of journey. And mm -hmm. we have found our answer, right? And when you find your answer, you can't help but share it with everybody else, right? And mm -hmm. so... The silent generation is now speaking.